So be sure to stay tuned because you could win a pair of all-access VIP passes to your choice of the uh, Texas Trophy Hunter extravaganzas. Uh, so that's what's on the show for today. It's going to be a good one. I'm certainly excited about it. There's no place I'd rather be, obviously, though, than sitting here talking hunting and fishing with you fine folks. Let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're talking all things whitetail management with Dr. Deer only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Hey y'all, Cable here, and I was just out catching sand bass on Lake Bob Sandlin with the guys from Eagle Shores, and they wanted me to remind you about the one weekend sale July 11th and 12th. Purchase your own lakefront property that weekend, and Eagle Shores on Lake Bob Sandlin will throw in a free jet ski and trailer. It's time you stopped going to your buddy's lake house every holiday and started making memories at your own place by calling Eagle Shores at 877-9-LAKESIDE. That's 877-9-LAKESIDE to get set up for the July sale at Eagle Shores. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory, family, and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Honey, don't you be yelling at me when I'm cleaning my gun. I'll wash the blood off the tailgate when deer season's done. We got one more weekend to go, and I'd like to kill one more doe. That's the latest from James McMurtry bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, Copper Canteen's the name of that one, obviously. I love that tune, uh, as I'm sure many of you do as well. I'm your host, Capel Smith. Thank you so much for being here with me today as we are about to get into some uh, whitetail management discussion with our good friend, Dr. Deer. Uh, but first, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza coming up in Houston on July 31st through August 2nd, the Houston show kicks off the extravaganza season 
And not only will vendors from the outdoor industry be there showing off their latest products, there's also a great list of outdoor celebrities who will be attending the events. Uh, it really is a one-of-a-kind show. Uh, we look forward to seeing you out there. And I've got two VIP all-access passes to get into any of the four shows, uh, Houston, Corpus Christi, San Antonio, or Fort Worth. Uh, we'll give these away to the third person to text in the word trophy. That's trophy to 214-289-7807. Text in the word trophy to 214-289-7807, and you could win a pair of VIP passes to any of the four uh, Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganzas coming up here this summer. Uh, well, without further ado, let's talk some whitetail management. And when it's time to talk whitetail management, few are as knowledgeable as our longtime friend, Dr. James Kroll, a.k.a. Dr. Deer. Doc, how in the world are you? I am very busy. <laughs> very busy, very wet. <laughs> it's been an interesting year so far. Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. You know, we're less than three months away from the beginning of archery season. And, wow. uh, I mean, I can't believe it just looking at the calendar. It'll be here before we know it. It goes fast. Um, with the season fast approaching, uh, what management projects are you working on? And then um, what do folks realistically still have time to tackle if, they, uh, if they've been you know, behind the eight ball here because of all the flooding and, and this really wet uh, spring and summer we've had? Well, they've got several things they can do. Uh, let's talk about uh, cover and movement, and then we'll talk about nutrition. Cover and movement, uh, a lot of places, uh, it, especially folks who've got leases, and even some people are private landowners, uh, they probably haven't been out there for a while, and they're going to be shocked when they find that all the roads are grown up and they can't find them. Uh, if they've got, if they're in South Texas, they've got senderos that are grown up and they can't find them. And they're, uh, you know, patches and uh, areas where that are normally low in vegetation or high in vegetation. So one of the things they can do is if they have a tractor and a bush hog, a rotary cutter, get out there and uh, and start working on those on those roads and uh, and clearings because several reasons. One is you'll train the deer to start moving there. And then secondly, if you let those plants go to seed that are in there, you create a huge seed bank that you may or may not want in the future. Really good insight there. So there's one tip. And then uh, also let's talk about nutrition. All right, nutrition. Uh, there's several things that, that can be done uh, right now. Uh, most folks have got soil moisture. So that means they still have time to plant something like cowpeas. And cowpeas is a, is a tremendous uh, deer food. It's a, it's a very attractive deer food that most people think of uh, cowpeas as being just a, a, a summer planting for the nutrition of whitetails. But if you uh, include it in a planting now or a little bit later as a fall planting, even though it'll freeze out, uh, the bow hunter is going to be a decided advantage when he has a, a cowpea plot. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, and like, as far as time-wise goes, what is the uh, germination, you know, uh, time frame on those? I mean, when is the last possible time you can get those in the ground? I have planted them uh, as late as uh, oh, the 1st of September and still got them. They'll, they'll germinate in anywhere from two to four days. Uh -huh. So one of the biggest problems they're going to have, though, uh, uh, maybe not this year as much rain as we've had, but in most years, uh, if you just plant a plot and you don't protect it uh, with an electric fence, the deer are probably going to eat the peas when they just first come up. 
So we strongly recommend that, you know, we've got an uh, electric fence technique that works very well, and people are using it all over the country now. Right. Oh, and those feral hogs are probably even worse on it than the deer. Oh, yeah. But, you know, hogs are so easy to control with electricity. As much as I hate them, they're easy to control with electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got all the characteristics. They're smart. they got a wet nose. They're short to the ground, and they don't have much hair. So that makes them very good conductors of electricity. <laughs> right, right. Um, and uh, let's revisit something we've talked about in the past. And um, I believe that it's, what, 2% of your property you want to have planted uh, mm-hmm. in yep. food plots? Yep, 2% of your property should be planted in food plots. If you want to split them between, uh, if you've got a, a, a cool season plot that you planted, like uh, oats, uh, you know, it, it, it'll pretty much persist till, uh, you know, early spring or actually late spring, uh, and you want to convert that over to a summer food plot, that's fine. But if you want to have them separate, you need to have 60% of your of that 2% in, uh, in warm season and 40% in cool season. Okay, right on. Um, well, something else I wanted to talk about today, and I've heard this from uh, various landowners. I was hunting down in Rock Springs with... Uh, uh, one of my, my good buddies and the owner of Coons Canyon Ranch down there last weekend, we were hunting um, Axis deer. And uh, mm-hmm. Glenn mentioned to me that this year, his bucks probably are going to suffer as far as their antler growth is concerned compared to um, non-wet years, whereas folks who don't feed protein and offer that supplemental nutrition, uh, there's so much food out on the open range that their bucks uh, are probably going to actually do better when you know. Uh, so it's kind of that interesting conundrum where people that feed protein, their bucks are going to drop off. People who don't feed protein are, are going to see uh, significant uh, benefits, probably just from all of the nutrition and browse that's out there. Yeah, that 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 is an interesting uh, point to make. Uh, it's what he's saying is is partly true. Uh, the how partly true it is depends on. How much rainfall you get? What happens when you get a lot of rainfall is you get a lot of vegetative growth that is what we call nutrient diffuse. That means it has a lot of water in it. Mm-hmm. But bite for bite, a lot of times, especially uh, in central South Texas, uh, bite for bite, they're not getting as much nutrition as they are when it's drier. And also uh, that pulls them off of that of that uh, supplemental feeding, and and you know you've got to concentrate there. So. Yeah, there it can have a it definitely can have effect if you've got extremely wet conditions. Well, yeah, and he did mention. I mean that uh, you know the bucks just aren't hitting the protein like they did. Well, just take last year for example. Yeah. Um, so much browse out there, and now but the folks on the uh, you know the other side of that uh, equation that that don't supplemental feed protein, um, they uh, will they see uh, you know better antler growth this year. Well, they probably will. Uh, because because we've got so much growth in places we we haven't had in many many years, you know it sounds like a contradiction of what I just said. But in absence of supplemental feeding, yes, they're going to have a tremendous amount of highly digestible forage out there, and they're certainly going to be better off than they normally are. Uh huh. Okay. Um, well, you know, overall the the rains have been a wonderful thing. I mean, you know, I actually lost a camera and had to replace a, a feeder motor and battery and, and just put 600 pounds of corn and that whole deal went underwater. Uh, and I know people all over the state have been in the, you know, in the same boat, but uh, it's hard to complain. We've been in a drought cycle for so long. The good Lord really blessed us. So, 
um, should be a, a good season. Um, but you know, deer not uh, might not be hitting the feed as is as much as they have in the past. Right, that, that's very much possible. I guarantee you that. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I think it's going to be one of those. You know, you're hunting trails and travel corridors and pinch points type of years. Is in a. I don't think that oh, we're yeah. going to see uh, as many. Even the does might not be coming to corn um, like they normally would. Yeah, that, that's always. Um, I guess you could say amusing to me is that. I hear, especially in South Texas, when we have a wet year, all I ever hear is, is, oh my gosh, my deer are not coming to corn. What am I going to do? Well, my answer is always, uh, well, go out and hunt them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's when you need to learn learn some uh, solid hunting techniques, like you said, pinch points and, and travel corridors and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's what deer hunting is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Leave the six pack in the blind and actually get out there and do a little uh, leg work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Doc, we are almost out of time, but real quick, I did want to hit on the upcoming Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganzas. Uh, the Houston show will kick things off for us here in a couple weekends, and then we've got shows coming up in Fort Worth, San Antonio, and Corpus Christi as well. Uh, you'll be out there with Dr. Deer's Whitetail World. Uh, you'll be talking whitetail management, answering questions, and just visiting with uh, folks who share our passion for whitetail deer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what we're doing, and we started this last year, and I, I, it's been a dream of mine for for some time. Uh, is uh, we we have put all of the folks together into one area instead of having these individual booths like everybody has at the show. We have an area now that features all of the products and services that that we endorse. And uh, and I need to point out what endorsement by Dr. Deer really means. It does not mean that somebody has paid us to endorse them. It means that uh, uh, that they have gone through gone through uh, a considerable amount of testing, and they are products that that I'm prepared to uh, to put the weight of my name behind. So these things actually really work, and it's kind of neat. Last year was so great because there's so much synergy. People would come and look at a feeder, like a boss buck feeder, and then they'd say, "Well, you know what? What kind of feed do we need?" We go over and talk to another talk to the folks that have got uh, feed and uh, and other products, you know, watering products, that sort of thing. So everybody's kind of one-stop shopping. I'm really excited about it. And, of course, this year, uh, Rio Grande Outfitters will be there, which they're the first franchisee of Dr. Deer's White Tail World. So I'm excited about it. It's awesome. Fun. Well, we are certainly looking forward to seeing you out there. And, and I encourage any attendee, uh, if they've got a question regarding whitetail management, uh, whitetail deer in general, stop by Dr. Deer's Whitetail World. He's uh, always more than happy to talk whitetails with uh, any of his fellow outdoorsmen or woman. Uh, Dr. Deer, thanks again. And we will see you out at the Houston show coming up here uh, in two weeks. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you again. All right. Take care. Yes, sir. You too. All right, there he goes, Dr. James Kroll, a.k.a. Dr. Deer. I always do enjoy our quarterly interviews with Dr. Deer where we talk whitetail management, and uh, we certainly are looking forward to the upcoming Trophy Hunters extravaganza season. Uh, that segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas premier seed company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep a happy and healthy whitetail herd, including the Dr. Deer-backed Buck Forge Oats. Check them out at senderoseed.com or call Rob Hughes at 1-877-610-SEED today. Uh, let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, we'll change things up, talk some summer crappie and catfish fishing 
with our good friend and longtime fishing guide, Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors. You're listening to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. I cut me a cane pole. I'm going catfish fishing. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. If you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas, Louisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at 3curl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. For the first time in the collective memory, that old brown prairie that had been so dry for so long was very muddy, boggy, sticky. We'd pull one truck out and get another stuck in, and motors would roar and tires would spin. We'd sink right down, down to the diff, and we'd all take turns and do it again till no one could move. Call one more friend, come on out here, we need you. Bring your truck 
Gable Smith, welcoming everybody back to Dallas Safari Club. Lone Star Outdoors show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Hope everyone's having a great weekend. Uh, we are about to talk some summer catfish and crappie fishing here with uh, longtime guide Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas, and the best way to celebrate tight lines and full stringers this summer is with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, uh, let's go ahead now and bring on our old friend. Uh, He joins us uh, periodically as we talk crappie and catfishing throughout the year. He's got his finger squarely on the pulse of both of those highly sought-after Texas game fish. Uh, Man, and it's tough to beat a fried crappie filet. No doubt about that. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's go ahead and, and welcome our longtime friend, uh, Greg Pavor, back to the program. Good morning, Cable. Good morning, my friend. It's great to have you with us as always, Greg. And uh, before we talk some fishing, I did want you to tell our listeners about the uh, awesome research that you've been a part of up in New Mexico here recently as far as tagging and collaring uh, black bear and also mule deer fawns and I guess really trying to understand the relationship between the two. Well, kind of looking at the movements of, of bears and depredation rates of mule deer fawns. Oh, yeah, and I imagine a nice, plump mule deer fawn is a, is a favorite food of a black bear come springtime. Yes, they, they sure are tasty for, for a black bear in the springtime. <laughs> yeah. And this is all part of your, your graduate work that you were doing as far as um, getting your master's in wildlife management out there at Texas Tech. Yep, mm-hmm. Masters in Wildlife Management. Well, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, now, you actually trap the bears and then put either an ear tag or a radio collar on them so uh, that you guys can see uh, exactly what they're doing. Well, the movements of black bears and varies from different areas. And um, I'm helping out on a project with another graduate student looking at um, the movements, seasonal movements of these black bears. Um, how far do they how far do they move, and um, what are they eating, looking at their diets. Well, black bears are truly a spectacular uh, North American big game animal, and I saw that one you posted on Facebook of that huge 300-pound color phase black bear. That thing was beautiful. Yep, they come in all different colors. Everyone thinks black bears are black, but they can come in brown, cinnamon. Um, There's even a blondie up there right now. Um, They come in some pretty neat colors. I'll be expecting GPS coordinates for the fall season, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But hey, Greg, let's go ahead and talk some fishing here. Uh, you're a longtime crappie and catfish guide, and you know crappie, as temperatures are starting to rise, let's start with them. They obviously are moving out to deeper water, uh, getting into those summertime haunts. So talk a little bit about where the crappie are staging, and uh, you know what you're catching them on. Yeah, the this past week with the Warm days finally setting in strong. The water temperature is heating up pretty quickly. And so finding structure, brush piles, docks. Now the lakes are a lot, most lakes are full. They got lots of docks that are in the water. And so dock shooting for crappie. You find some docks on the points near deep water, um, anywhere from 10, 20, 30 foot. Those docks provide great shade for the crappie. It's a little bit cooler and deep water. You can definitely find some good crappie in those areas. 
Mm-hmm. And now, as far as their diet is concerned, what are crappie eating here during the midsummer? Are they still chasing shad? You know, shad, fry. Um, right now, coming out of the spring, after the spawn of of other fish, uh, lots of fry in the water, especially this year with all the flooded vegetation. Everywhere I'm fishing, I see little baby fry uh, swimming everywhere. Uh, it's, it's great to see. There's lots of food out there right now. And so what uh, what kind of rig, talking about, you know, what pound test you're using, and then uh, if you're jigging, give us Greg's, uh, his favorite, I mean, you're going to have to spill the beans on your favorite color, but, uh, you know, give us, <laughs> give us what, what's working the best for you right now? Oh, mostly, I'm, uh, you know, anything with chartreuse, you know, white chartreuse, black chartreuse, blue chartreuse, I'm, uh, is good colors. Um, I like to use the eight pound line fluorocarbon. Um, I usually like to use a lighter line um, for for the crappie. And what about live bait, Greg? Is it all about just jigging an artificial, you know, chartreuse colored skirt, or are you also using live minnows as well? Oh, minnows is always good. You kind of can't go wrong there. You can always tip your jig with a minnow um, to entice the crappie and buy a little bit better, but. Um, Yep, minnows are always a safe bet to go. Uh, if there's a crappie down there and you put a minnow in front of his face, it's hard for him not to take it. No doubt, no doubt. So, okay, crappie staging, you know, 15 foot or so. Uh, if you can find some shade close to a drop-off, that'd be the best spot to look for him here uh, midsummer. Let's switch things up and move into a little catfish discussion. I saw on your Facebook page uh, last week that, man, y'all were out there. Uh, you took some clients and absolutely just smashed the blue cats. Uh, so tell us a little bit about where you're finding, you know, most of your catfish and how you're catching them. Yeah, Cable, the summer's been really good. You know, with the with the springtime rains and flooded, flooding these, uh, a lot of the vegetation in these lakes have been down for so many years. It's just so great to see all the water. And uh, a lot of lakes is tough to get on, but the ones you can get on, Boy, the fishing's just been great. Um, the blues and channels just been up in the shallows and the flooded uh, vegetation, flooded willows and flooded grass and pastures. And um, I've even heard of a guy tying up to a pecan tree out in the pasture and, and catching some fish. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the blues have been biting really good. Greg, what are you catching most of your fish on right now? Well, mainly cut bait. Uh, shad, and uh, also some punch bait, Lewis King's punch bait. Uh-huh. And, Greg, you know, when we talk to an expert, I always like to pick their brain and get their gear tips. Uh, tell us how you're rigged up when you're going after big catfish. I know you use uh, circle hooks. Uh, tell us what size and uh, give us all the details on, uh, you know, how you're set up. Well, I use a dot circle hook, and um, my line is 80-pound line. I try. I like to run a heavier line just because you never know um, when that big, big flathead or big blue is going to bite, and I like to have a fair chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the rig-wise, I use a Santee Cooper rig with a no-roll sinker, and uh, have about a two to three foot long leader, and with a cork on it, about a couple inches from the circle hook, and that cork will bring that bait off the bottom, especially right now with all the flooded vegetation in the water. A lot of the fish I'm catching have scar, you know, the scrapes on them and and, and injuries and stuff because they're just swimming through all that real thick stuff trying to find food. And you don't want your bait sitting on the bottom and, and hidden in that 
part of vegetation, so you want to have your bait above that stuff so it's easier for the catfish to find. Yeah. I will tell you this. We did an interview with Texas Parks and Wildlife. Um, oh, gosh, it was a couple of weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was our uh, inland fisheries um, director. And he, he mentioned that catfish have become the they're the second most popular fish for Texas anglers to pursue. Um, so, That's right. That's yeah. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've got a really cool plan in place for catfish. You know, as, as our population, our human population continues to expand and uh, Texas population will probably double here uh, in the next 50 years. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, school of thought out there that catfish are going to be the, that fish that continues, you know, the angling tradition because they can, uh, they don't have to have a big body of water and they can live in lesser water quality than a lot of the other game fish out there. That's right. And, you know, they're so tasty, a uh, good catfish fish fry is hard to beat. And also going out and just knowing that you never know how big of a fish you're going to catch. They yeah. just seem to keep be getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's awesome. Uh, it's just the thrill of having a, such a huge fish in a small body of water able to catch it. It's, it's amazing. No doubt. Well, hey, Greg, we're almost out of time here, but I did want to ask you one other thing regarding the biology of catfish. You know, as other game species, like we talked about earlier, crappie, are moving shallower as temperatures continue to rise. Catfish seem very comfortable in the shallows where temperatures are extremely hot. Well, catfish in, in the early morning, evening, stuff, nighttime, the catfish will move shallow and be in the shallows. Um, the water temperature cools down a little bit at night. Um, between early morning and midday, gosh, you could see an 8-degree, 9-degree water temperature difference. Um, so a lot of times those catfish will move in the shallows and that's where a lot of the fry and the bait fish are. Uh, the shad will move into those areas and the blues and channels they are feeding on, on those shad. Well, man, it is finally nice to see, you know, all of this rain has made some incredible habitat out there and uh, obviously the catfish are thriving. Um, hey, we are out of time for today, but real quick, I know you're still offering, uh, cast and blast hunts coming up for this fall. Uh, pretty exciting stuff there with uh, lots of different opportunity. Well, this fall we've got a great lineup of uh, lots of different hunts opportunities. Um, I'm offer, offering guided uh, trophy whitetail hunts and also meat hunts, does, uh, quail hunting, turkey hunting, um, duck hunting, dove, hogs, and then also offering some uh, trophy bull elks in New Mexico. So running guided trips out of Seymour, um, cast and blast trips. People can come out, catch a, a big catfish in in one day, and also shoot a shoot a deer or shoot a bunch of ducks in the same day. Um, lots of opportunities there. Kind of make it towards the client's needs. Whatever they want to do, we'll make it work. Wow, from elk to quail to catfish and crappie and everything in between, that's definitely a full lineup, my friend. And uh, people can find your Facebook page at Pavor Outdoors. They can also go to the website at poutdoors.com, or uh, they can call you at 940-206-6375. Greg, appreciate your time today as always, my friend, and I look forward to wetting a line with you here very soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, Cable. Uh, it was great talking with you, and we'll have to get out and do some fishing here pretty soon. Take care, bud. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, there he goes, our good friend Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors. And I know I've, I've told the story before, but for anyone who hasn't heard it, uh, Greg and I actually met at a sporting goods store about 10 or 12 years ago. 
uh, we were looking at teal decoys of all things and uh, ended up talking and man been hunting and fishing together ever since uh, so anyway always love talking to Greg uh, that segment by the way was proudly brought to you by the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in Corpus Christi this is the first ever Corpus Christi show it's taking place August 7th through the 9th at the American Bank Center in Corpus Christi uh, for more information go to tthacom we'd love to see you out there uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll change things up and get into a little bow hunting and archery discussion with Tim Kent from Elite Archery. You're listening to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Old games are coming back to me. Don't know what was so great about them. I played practically free. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H's in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. No, I don't care if you buy her drink. Boy, she's not the kind of girl you think. Oh, cause back when we were loving, she thought cowboys were something. That's the Cody Johnson Band bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff, Power Polaris, Cable Smith here. So great to be here. Talking, hunting, and fishing with you guys and gals today. I do appreciate you sharing a part of your weekend with me as we are about to talk some bow hunting. I can't believe that the summer is half over. Uh, whitetail season will be here before we know it. And so momentarily, we'll be joined by our friend Tim Kent of Elite Archery. But first, uh, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation uh, DSC once again pledged over $1 million to go towards conservation, education, and hunter advocacy 
in 2015. We'd love for you to get involved. Uh, check us out at biggame.org. Um, okay, well, without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and welcome Elite Archery's Director of Marketing and Passionate Bow Hunter, Tim Kent. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It is our pleasure. and Man, I can't believe hunting season will be here before we know it. Uh, for many of us, that starts with archery seasons. And to be honest with you, uh, Tim, that's why I originally started bow hunting was simply because it meant I had more opportunity to spend time hunting. And then, you know, uh, one thing leads to the next. And then you just you fall in love with the sport altogether and the, the challenging nature of it and being so close to the animals that, that we're trying to harvest. Um, for you personally, though, how long have you been bow hunting? I started bow hunting when I was 10, so, you know, I, I've been at it for almost 30 years now, and like many people out there, I was introduced to hunting, bow hunting, the outdoors in general by my father. He was a, a very avid enthusiast, started out as a firearm hunter himself, and like you, you know, in an interest of expanding his season and creating, you know, additional opportunities for himself, he picked up bow hunting, and once I started I just I just fell in love with it, like you, you said earlier, just the, the intimacy and the interaction with the animals and kind of being able to see them in their, you know, in an, in an unpressured environment by comparison to a firearm season or something like that. I just, I really got into it so much so to, that I eventually made a career out of it, you know, and um, there's just nothing like bow hunting and, and I think anybody that's really into it would agree with that. Oh yeah, no doubt. And so what animal have you taken with your bow that you're the most proud of? And, you know, it could be something sentimental, like the first animal you shot, or it could be a 200-inch whitetail, whatever. But which one means the most to you? You know, to be honest with you, man, I don't have, like, a, you know, this marquee animal. They're all special in one way or another. And I, I know that seems kind of odd, but every, every one, whether it's, a, you know, just a whitetail doe or a big elk or first bear it seems like every single one of those was a, was a little triumph you know when you remember when I shot my uh, my first um deer with a bow and it was like the most overwhelming and exciting moment ever you, you know and I'll tell you that um that feeling hasn't hasn't gone away so, you know however many animals later I still, I still get just as excited every time I have an animal coming in or, you know, every time I, I make a good shot or a bad shot for that matter or miss, I, I still like every, every experience is, is so much different. It's hard for me to pinpoint one specific critter or, or day or whatever that's, I'm like, you know what, that's the one. Um, I, I have to say probably my most memorable moment is one that happened last year with my daughter where we didn't shoot a deer. Um, I have a, I have a, a couple of younger daughters and mm -hmm. my older daughter, I, I took out hunting last year. You know, we generally try and pick, you know, the perfect days for her, you know, wind's right. We can set up a blind, you know, conceal movement, hang out, do the, the father daughter thing. And we got oh so close to killing a really nice 10 point buck on our home farm. And, I think it was just magical for both of us. It was the first time that she had ever had uh, an encounter with a deer that, that close of that size. And for me, it was just so exciting that she was there. And I was just really proud to be able to share that experience with her. But what was even better than that was my, my father who, you know, still hunts with me. 
and then my two best friends who, you know, who hunt with us too, we were all on the farm that day and we were kind of all able to get together afterward and, and share that story and the excitement from this little seven-year-old girl telling the, telling this story was, I think, greater than my, my own excitement. And she just recently brought it up the other day in a conversation with my, with my wife and my other daughter. And I just, I feel like those lasting memories are, you know, again, what kind of keeps us coming back. And, you know, it's, it's seriously, it's one of my best bow hunting memories. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to chase critters and, you know, a bunch of different places and, and, and do a bunch of things. But that kind of one that got away story is definitely one of the best and one that I'm kind of most proud of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about bow hunting. It's not a matter of, you know, uh, if you're going to miss, it's a matter of, of when you're going to miss. Uh, and luckily I didn't miss on this. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I shared with you that, uh, that, that Alberta black bear that I shot with uh, the E32 earlier, uh, oh, back in May. And, uh, and that's probably been the highlight for me personally, but then I go back to last September in New Mexico and I missed an elk at 27 yards. And that's kind of like, you know, there's this ebb and flow of uh, highs and lows. And, you know, if you're a bow hunter and uh, I, I don't know, you just got to pick yourself up and, and, and obviously going back to New Mexico this year. So trying to, to uh, make right on that, uh, on that miss. But you've been with Elite for a while now. Um, how long have you been with Elite Archery? I've actually been here since last April. So, you know, a, a year ago, April. Mm-hmm. So just a little over a year now. I've been friends with the guys that took this company over uh, a few years back for a very long time. And, you know, it just so happened that our, our paths met in the right place last spring and kind of, kind of came over and it's been really exciting since, uh, since I've been here, it's gotten to do some really fun things and work on, you know, work on the elite brand and the other brands that we own and kind of build out a, an internal marketing team. And, um, it's been, it's been really great to be able to craft, you know, the messages that we're putting out and, you know, now looking forward toward 2016, you know, what are we going to be doing this coming year? What's going to be different? What new equipment are we going to be offering? It's really an exciting time. And it's, it's been that way for, for the last year plus. And, uh, you know, it, it's like none of my enthusiasm for all of this has gone away. It's just kind of built, which is really cool. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And we've seen, you know, uh, the the archery industry has experienced some uh, amazing growth here, uh, not just for elite, but for you know everyone. And and I think a lot of that probably has to do with uh, women and kids really taking up archery. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of recruitment happening in you know in those two particular categories. There's there's guys like us out there, cable, that are recruiting our our wives and our our daughters or you know our our young sons to to kind of get involved in the industry. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about the influence of things like the hunger games. And, um, you know, I, I think again, there's a lot of other people going back to an earlier point in the conversation. There's a lot of people that are just looking to expand their opportunities, but above and beyond that, there, there's something to be said for urban sprawl as well and how that's kind of influenced where people can hunt. And there's areas like, you know, right by my house that are archery only. So you can't firearm hunt in there. So some people that really want to take advantage of being able to hunt in those areas, they have to kind of come over to archery in order to experience it. 
um, or, you know, or get, get, get back out on their favorite farm that they just built a development next to or whatever. So there's a lot of things that are certainly influencing recruitment these days. And it, you know, again, as a father of, of two young daughters and, um, you know, and a, and a husband to a, a woman who's just now kind of picking up archery and shooting and maybe hunting, we'll see, but it's kind of exciting to see all that growth, you know, from, from the big picture perspective, but also with, within my own family too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. And, you know, we've been shooting uh, elite bows exclusively for gosh, four years now. I uh, thing that I love about them is how easy they are to shoot and how quiet they are. Uh, so why don't you tell us what you believe separates uh, elite archery from the competition? You know, everything with elite is about shootability. And that that's such a everything. Well, what does shootability mean? And and you know the thing that we always tell people is, you know, to really understand what that word means is is difficult because it's not something that's easily described. You just got to feel it to understand what we mean. And that that's kind of where the elite shootability challenge came from. We wanted people to go to their local archery shop and shoot, you know, a competitor's bow and then an elite bow and feel them side by side and feel the difference between, you know, the two bows. Mm-hmm. Our bows are by no means slow, but we're, we're, you know, we're not chasing the speed game. We're not looking for that 400 feet per second or 370 feet per second bow that when you draw it back, you know, it's got a very shallow valley on the back wall or, you know, a draw cycle that's really harsh and, and tough. I mean, you know, primarily this company was built, on the needs of bow hunters more recently we've gotten into you know a heavy involvement with target archery but what those guys are finding as well is the need for shootability and the need to be able to shoot relaxed and calm and not fight a jumpy cam and a shallow back wall have really helped them improve you know their scores i mean levi morgan uh, has shot his best scores ever with an elite and i mean his elite is the same one as every single guy can get out of our factory. It's set up to factory spec. I mean, there's there's nothing unique about Levi's bow except for his accessories that he uses from his other sponsors. I mean, and anybody could set their bow up that way. So, you know, I could drone on about, you know, unique features and benefits to our bows, but realistically, when it comes down to it, we just work really hard on the feel of our bow and that comes from our, you know, a combination of our bow geometry, our riser cage, you know, our two track cam system and all the, and all the things that go into that particular cam system, what we make our limbs out of. I mean, it's really an entire system and that system equals shootability and, and ultimately shootability ends up equaling accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all are striving for as as bow hunters or as target archers and you know as bow hunters that's kind of what makes us you know able to achieve the ultimate goal of putting the shot where it needs to be and the same for for target archery i mean it's it's all about putting it on the x whether the x is on the side of a critter or the x is in a dot right right well yeah and if the greatest uh, competitive archer that we've ever seen is willing to leave matthews for elite i mean that says something in and of itself and then to uh, actually, in, you know, improve on his scores. I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. Uh, 
but we, we talk about shootability, and, and I think uh, an adjective that I always use to describe the bows when people ask me is, I, I say, I don't know, man, it's just smooth. Here, shoot it for yourself. Here's my bow, shoot it. You're not going to find a smoother bow. And, uh, and sure. that's kind of the way that I've, you know, I explain it to people. Um, yeah. But, um, well, you know, the Synergy was new for 2015. Um, really love that bow as well. I'll be taking that on my elk hunt uh, coming up here in a couple months. And um, I did want to ask you, though, as far as uh, maybe a sneak peek or something that is going to be new for 2016. I don't know if we're changing the lineup or anything, but uh, maybe you could shed some light on that. You know, um, I can't say anything about what we're coming out with for next year, but we're working really hard. The engineering department is in the final stages of getting everything finished up and we've got some we've got we've got some really exciting new new bows coming out that I think will will kind of fit a lot of the the needs that people have been asking for. And I mean that's kind of our mantra. We we listen to to our customers and we try and give them what they want every year. And uh you know and, and every year provide something that's a little bit different than the year before in or in order to you know keep people coming back to elite and seeing something different and more exciting so i i think you're gonna you're gonna see some exciting things out of us this year and we're gonna continue um to to, to push toward bows that are like you said smoother more accurate and more suitable right on right on well, hey, um, real quick, I did want to say thanks to uh, Elite for sponsoring our July Photo of the Month contest. I mean, the submissions, are they're coming in uh, by the dozens every day. And uh, one lucky listener is going to get to uh, spec out their own Elite bow. So uh, we do appreciate that and are uh, thrilled to have you all yeah. uh, sponsoring that, uh, that contest for us. Absolutely, and, and good luck to everybody who's submitting picks. I've seen a couple of them, and it's uh, it's pretty fun and it's pretty exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing who wins. Right on. Well, hey, last thing, uh, what hunt do you have on the books for next season that you're uh, you're you're looking forward to? Um, I think the biggest the biggest hunt that I'm excited about for this fall is uh, doing a do-it-yourself Colorado hunt. Um, I really I really like the DIY stuff, so going with one of my closest friends you know, you know, rally up into the mountains and climb some vert and hopefully lose some arrows. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there's just, there's just something about elk hunting, you know, hunting a big vocal animal is, is and, and the majesty of the mountains is just unmatched for me. I, I, I just love it. I, I can't get enough of it. Oh, well, we're, we're certainly cut from the, the same cloth on that deal. I'll be uh, doing the same thing in New Mexico. So yeah, good yeah. luck. Yeah, you too, my friend. Well, hey, Tim, it's been great to have you on the show today, brother, and uh, we look forward to uh, touching base with you again in the near future and, and uh, seeing what Elite comes out with in 2016. Sounds great, Cable. We'll keep you posted. Take care. You too. All right, there he goes, Elite Archery's Tim Kent. And uh, if you want to throw your hat in the ring for a chance to spec out your own bow from Elite Archery, uh, just email me your best outdoor photo to Lone Star. Outdoorshow at gmail.com, or better yet, post it directly to our Facebook page wall. Uh, that segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Since 1917, they've assured their borrowers competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock, and farm and ranch loans. So let Lone Star Ag Credit help you finance your piece of Texas by visiting LoneStarAgCredit.com. 
Well, let's knock out a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk all things Ducks. How is the fall flight going to look for this upcoming season? The numbers are out, and we will dissect those momentarily when Ducks Unlimited Chief Conservation Officer Paul Schmidt joins us next from Washington, D.C., only on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. I want a garden with onions, carrots and beans, with a couple back issues of field and stream for my white trash paradise. I want to spend my nights drinking Schaefer light and smoking cheap cigarettes. I want a water bed to rest my head and a pit bull for my pet. If you love hunting in the outdoors, then attend the Texas Deer Association's 17th Annual Convention happening this August 13th through the 15th at the JW Marriott Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio. Visit with over 200 exhibitors and stay for the educational seminars presented by industry experts as well as antler contest, photo contest, educational youth activities, family hunter safety certification, chili cook-off, golf tournament, casino night, and a whole lot more. And don't forget the best deer auctions in Texas, the Superior Genetics Deer Auction on August 14th and the Select Sale on August 15th featuring the finest white-tailed deer genetics from all over the Lone Star State. This event is open to the public and takes place again at the JW Marriott Hill Country Resort in San Antonio, August 13th through the 15th. For more information, log on to TexasDeerAssociation.com or call TDA at 210-767-8300. That's TexasDeerAssociation.com, 210-767-8300. Hey y'all, Cable here, and I was just out catching sand bass on Lake Bob Sandlin with the guys from Eagle Shores, and they wanted me to remind you about the one weekend sale July 11th and 12th. Purchase your own lakefront property that weekend, and Eagle Shores on Lake Bob Sandlin will throw in a free jet ski and trailer. It's time you stop going to your buddy's lake house every holiday and started making memories at your own place by calling Eagle Shores at 877-9-Lakeside. That's 877-9-Lakeside to get set up for the July sale at Eagle Shores. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. Are you looking for the perfect place to send your hunting buddy? Then check out Tioga Retrievers. With over 20 years experience, Angie and Tim Becker can provide you with a field champion or a well-rounded hunting companion. Tioga Retrievers takes pride in catering to the needs of each owner and their dog. Conveniently located 45 miles north of DFW in Aubrey, Texas, Tioga Retrievers also offers day training and boarding. Call 940-440-0018 or visit them online at www.tiogaretrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A retrievers.com. All right, this is Phil Robertson, better known as the Duck Commander. This is the Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's 4 a.m. I kiss my baby goodbye. She looks at me says you're out of your mind. And pulls the covers back over her head. The whole town's dead and the red lights flash. The sheriff waves as I drive on past. He knows I'm rolling through about All right. The duck line the name of that one from our good friend and buddy Justin Bowerman bringing us back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith, and we are actually about to talk 
duck hunting, duck numbers, all things waterfowl uh, with Ducks Unlimited's Paul Schmidt. But first, this segment of the show is brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue and Three Curl Lease Connection, offering the finest in North Texas dove hunting. They're not giving you a season pass to a war zone, not overcrowding like so many of those other outfits out there. Uh, they've got fields to fit anyone's budget. Opening day of dove season is almost here, so call 214-455-0940 or visit threecurlleaseconnection.com to get set up for the 2015 dove season today. Uh, well, moving right along here, let's go ahead, get into some uh, waterfowl talk. We've got Ducks Unlimited Chief Conservation Officer Paul Schmidt on the line, uh, checking in from Washington, D.C. Thanks for being here, Paul. Well, thank you, Cable. It's always good to talk to you. You betcha. I mean, uh, ducks has is, is long been my passion. You know, we've kind of uh, deviated from the, the script over the years, but that's what got me into hunting uh, in the, in the oh. great outdoors was uh, was going duck hunting, and that's still my probably my favorite out of, uh, out of everything, and, and that's why it's always great to talk waterfowl with you. Before we get into uh, today's topic of discussion, uh, why don't you tell us what, uh, what you've been up to? Oh, well, I, I'm at Ducks Unlimited, and I've been there for four years, and um, we've had actually a, a, a really good run um, in terms of delivering conservation on the ground out there. Uh, and we're actually uh, in Texas working really hard on the Gulf Coast issues and certainly on the water issues um, there along uh, uh, the Gulf Coast, and in particular in Texas. So um, we're kind of, we're kind of glad to see a little break on the weather yeah. all down there and uh, and and re regenerate some of that habitat although it's not uh, we're not all the way there at least uh, we've we've broken the drought and speaking of drought we've we've uh, seen a a terrible turn as you uh, you and your listeners probably know in California the last several years have just been uh, terrible for the habitat uh, in California and so some of our eyes and our efforts are, are focused out that direction. And, of course, there's always the, the breeding grounds that we want to keep our eye on and, and mm-hmm. where we are, we are focused on the, on the priority areas both in the U.S. and in Canada and, and continue to have a really strong program there. So we're pretty excited about where we are and, uh, and more importantly, where we're going. Right on. Well, yeah, and I am going to take a moment to kind of toot our own horn down here as far as Texas waterfowlers go, because I did see recently uh, that, that Texas, uh, and people don't think of Texas as this great waterfowling destination, but I'm here to tell you it is. Not only that, uh, Texas has more Ducks Unlimited members and raised more money than any of the other uh, 50 states did last year. So kudos to us. <laughs> you bet. Take all that credit you can. And, that, and Texas is a very, very strong state for us and always has been, I suspect always will be. And, uh, and we thank you and your listeners and others for, for all the support you, you, you all do. You all realize how important conservation is and, and, um, and talk with your wallets and your mouth. Yeah. Well, and, and it's our job, you know, I mean, yeah, we take pride in it, but uh, it's our duty to, uh, to make sure there are full skies of ducks and geese for uh, the generations to come. And, um, and, and that's what I want to talk about uh, right now yep. is, is, are we going to see full skies coming up here uh, this fall flight? Because I know the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service released its report on 2015 trends in duck breeding populations uh, last week, actually. And, you know, it looks pretty good despite drier conditions in the prairie pothole region this past year, which is always a little bit concerning. 
Yeah. Well, you've, you've nailed it there. It is. Um, I mean, it, we are really heartened uh, that we're going to have a great year. And so with good water conditions down there in Texas uh, for uh, the wintering birds, I am sure that you're going to see your fair share of birds uh, down there come this fall. And this is the time of the year when most duck hunters start getting that little itch to see what the what the fall flight's going to look like and, and anticipate that great opportunity that will come in just a few months. And they'll be here before we know it. Well, um, the numbers are really strong. Uh, overall, the total ducks are similar to last year. In fact, there's a little tiny bump up, but it's not a statistically significant bump. Mm-hmm. But we're still in record territory. Last year, you may recall, there was, there was record number at – uh, 49.2 million uh, breeding birds in the traditional survey area, which has been been surveyed since 1955. So, over that uh, that 60 year period, um, this is this last year was a record, and this year it was even a tiny little bump up from that. So the news is good. Mallards are strong, and most of the populations from um, the uh, the you know the um, most common species are very similar to last year. The only one we saw a little bit of a drop-in that that was of any significance was uh, the northern shoveler, and that was just a year-to-year trend. Uh, they are still way above their long-term average, so so that's even uh, good news. You know, the, the couple of species that we continue to um, to not see the the uh, strong rebound from the from the dark days, you might say, of the uh, of the 80s, is uh, pintails, and then scop in the in the 90s. Um, and widgeon too, a, it seems like recently. Widgeon, uh, you're right. Widgeon uh, didn't didn't respond as quickly or, or come back, but fortunately, I see I see that one is fairly stable right at the, at the moment. It uh-huh. might not be as robust as um, as it has been, but it's very close to the long term average. It's maybe uh, a tad bit below it, but. But we still have uh, we still have some ways to go in terms of pintails and um, and scop. But but overall, I mean, the news um, is, is really really good. Uh, we did have uh, for habitat conditions in um, some of the prairies, we were down in the pond counts, which is a a, a good indicator of uh, of precipitation and and what the habitat is going to produce for us. But we, it, but we saw the boreal forests and the northern areas of the, of the breeding grounds have an early spring. And so that offered a, a bit of an opportunity for birds that didn't see good habitat when they flew to the prairies to um, to, to kind of keep on going and find habitat north. Mm-hmm. And we did see kind of an interesting shift in the last couple of years, but particularly this year, uh, breeding uh, areas uh, or the area where where birds breed is 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 a more northerly uh, look this year, and so I think you're going to see that the boreal forest is going to play a bigger role, and particularly when when the cycle has this in a little bit of a dry spell in the prairies. Uh huh. Well, yeah, and let me tell you, I mean, I saw it firsthand. I, I'd never been to the boreal forest, but uh, I was bear hunting in Canada in early May. And every pond that we went by, whether it was driving down the highway in the pickup or on the four-wheeler going back into the woods, you know, getting ready to bear hunt, there were ducks on every pond. And a lot of them had already paired off, and there might be, you know, one pair of uh, widgeon or here's a pair of buffalo heads. And, and sometimes it was just one mating pair on a pond, but every pond had ducks on it, and, uh, you know, they were doing their thing. And, and that was cool to see firsthand, um, you know, being up there and, 
you always hear about the boreal forest, but you know, to actually experience, experience it was pretty cool for me as a, you know, someone who loves waterfowl. Oh, that's a, that sounds like a great trip. And you're right. There are very few people that get the opportunity that you had to see the boreal forest as it's a, pretty remote and uh and hard to get to i'm glad you had a good experience but it is a fantastic place and an area that we in ducks unlimited and, and our our sister organization ducks unlimited canada uh, continue to to uh, work in to make sure that we get ahead of any impacts that might might have um, some detrimental effects on the on the habitat particularly the wetlands that we're so worried about up there so we got we're working hard in the, in the boreal forest well, yeah, and um, a couple other, a couple species that I wanted to mention specifically that, that actually had significant upticks uh, this year: green-winged teal yep. up like 19%. Yep. Um, so that's great to see. And then canvasbacks, you know, we've we've long been concerned with well all the species, but canvasbacks, you know, uh, from the time that we almost market hunted them to extinction back in the yeah. you know early 1900s yeah. to where they are today, it was great to see them yeah. up about six percent. You bet, and uh, they are above their long-term average, and uh, and that's a you know that is just a spectacular bird. It's a, and it has been in the past considered a trophy, and certainly when I get out in the marsh um, to see a, to see a, a bull canvas back is kind of special. Mm-hmm. And I suspect you're going to see a bunch this year. Um, you know they they tend to fluctuate quite a bit, you know, in terms of uh, year-to-year variation. Um, and it's not something that um, that we have a particularly great handle on, but we just know that there's there's going to be fluctuation year to year. Fortunately, it's up up this year, and and folks are going to have a good season. I would expect. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so then uh, the area that the area that I would be concerned about is is in, if I haven't already mentioned it, is California. You know, the western birds. While this survey doesn't um, deal with some of those. Uh, local uh, California nesting birds. I, we know that they're they are going to be down in terms of their production because of the drought out there. And we also um, are very concerned about whether there's going to be enough food um, and resources for them uh, come the winter. Hmm. It looks like now this is this this long-term drought that they've experienced out there is going to have pretty substantial impact. Uh, there's less rice being grown out there, just like there is in Texas from the drought that you all have experienced. And rice is uh, such an important um, habitat for these wintering birds. So we do have some concerns out there in the West for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and so I did want to go back to the spoonie. That's one thing that I sure. had here in my notes. Is and Sure. For, I don't know why it gets such a bad reputation. I'm looking at a beautiful <laughs> smiling mallard on my wall right now here in the studio and it's uh once they're plumed out, man, they're I think one of the most beautiful ducks there are. They really are. Um, they really are. What gives them the bad reputation? I don't get it. Man. I don't either. I don't either. But but you said no reason really for concern there. They just tend to fluctuate uh, a little more yeah. substantially than other species. Yeah, and they, and I'll tell you, they've had a good. The shovelers have had a good run. If you look at their their trajectory since the mid nineteen. 90s, you know, they've just been on an upward trend, more than doubling their population during that time, and that that's phenomenal growth. So it's really hard to sustain that growth. Mm-hmm. And when you add that, uh, the shoveler, northern shoveler, is really a, a very much a prairie dependent bird. So when the prairies are in good shape, they do really well. Um, but we had a little, as I said, a little bit of a downtick in the in the habitat available from um, from uh, the ponds. 
in in the prairies, and I suspect that uh, is the um, the cause of of that uh, downtick in the shoveler. But there's still, you know, probably a uh, hundred, maybe more than a hundred percent above their long term average. So folks yeah. are still going to see that that uh, big smiley face uh, <laughs> when when it comes into their blinds uh, this fall. Awesome. Well, hey, one other duck that I wanted to mention specifically is and one that's gosh, it's over, uh, it's a hundred percent higher than its long term average, I believe, as well. That's the gadwall, and I'll tell you, down here mm-hmm. in Texas, it seems like Every year we are, we're shooting more and more gadwalls, and I'm thankful for it because some years it doesn't get cold enough, it seems like, to drive those those huge flocks of mallards down here. Uh, they maybe hang up in Kansas or Nebraska in the Central Flyway, but the gadwalls always seem to make it, and it seems like every year there's more and more of them. And I'd say uh, between myself and a lot of the guides, outfitters that uh, I know personally uh, in the north Texas area and even down to the coast, you know, maybe 30% of the birds they kill are gadwalls. You know that's um, that's an important duck, the gray duck, as some people call them, the the, uh, the gadwall in, in the Gulf Coast, uh, Texas, Louisiana, et cetera. They have really, well, for a long time, been a mainstay of of the uh, of the bag limits, but even more so in in recent years. And that's a bird that has, uh, like um, the northern shoveler, has had a really good trajectory over the past uh, 15 or 20 years, and uh, have have really responded to the habitat. Uh, and I, I used to work with a guy who called him the, the duck of the future as it was climbing, climbing. Of course, that's the <laughs> same guy who, who did his Ph.D. on Gadwall. So he had a little, <laughs> a little soft spot He yeah. did a little, have a little bit of bias, Gable. Right on. But, it, you know, the Gadwall is a, is a, is a great species, uh, as I said, particularly for that Gulf Coast area. Yeah, well, it's definitely an important duck for us. As we look forward to um, the coming uh, season, uh, uh, I just want to remind everybody that this year the the duck stamp uh, increased uh, from 15 to 20 dollars, and I hope that doesn't keep anybody from going out there and enjoying the the great uh, opportunity they have every year to hunt. And it, all that money will go directly towards habitat that'll help ducks uh, and help them in the long run. Yeah, and all that is is one morning you don't buy that extra can of snuff on the way to the duck blind, you know. So exactly, do it for we the ducks. Not that, that we have. I don't dip anymore, but you know, it's a small, it's a very small <laughs> sacrifice. Five dollars, you know. So exactly. I mean, it's it's really a couple a couple cup of coffees, and mm-hmm. uh, and you make up the difference, and it it is going for uh, for habitat that we desperately need for the long term. Right on. Well, hey, y'all, be sure to get plugged in. We've got chapters all over the Lone Star State. Uh, you you want to meet some fellow guys that you might be able to share a blind with and, and do some great work for conservation, uh, and you can go to DU's uh, website. Ducks.org. That's we'll get right. you right there, and, and we have events going on all through the year, and uh, they are fun and um, and will help us uh, sustain the, the habitat work that uh, that we so, so much need. All right. Well, we'll Thanks. keep kicking butt down here in Texas, so. You can count on us. You're doing a great job, Cable, (laughs) and uh, thank you to your listeners for all their support. Well, Paul, we'll do it again soon, my friend. Have a great day. All right, there he goes, Ducks Unlimited's Chief Conservation Officer, Paul Schmidt, and you heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, Good news for ducks and uh, duck hunters, as we should see a great fall flight once again here uh, coming up in November. And that segment, by the way, was proudly brought to you by Hercules Hunting Blinds. I'm telling you what. They are the Taj Mahal of hunting blinds. Uh, We just got one put up on our lease. It's got carpet. It's got cup holders. It's got windows for both archery 
and rifle hunters. Uh, so check it out, HerculesHuntingBlinds.com. Man, just looking at the time, we've got to get out of here. Thanks to all of our guests today, Paul Schmidt from Ducks Unlimited, also Tim Kent of Elite Archery, and then Dr. Deer, always great visiting with him, and uh, also our good friend Greg Pavor of Pavor Outdoors. Love talking crappie and catfishing with Greg. Um, we will do it again, same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, you all have a great week in the outdoors. Still doing time in a hockey-tonk prison. Still doing time where a man ain't forgiven. Oh,